Welcome to episode number five of Plan Wisely with Eric Garcia. I am John Jagay, joined once again by Eric Garcia. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year, Jag. How you been? Pretty good, pretty good. So today we're going to talk about how to hit your money and health goals and not fail. That's right. It's New Year's and we always think about resolutions. I got to be honest, I have a love-hate relationship with resolutions. I love the opportunity to start new. It's a fresh beginning. You know, resolutions generally are meaningful and purposeful to people. But I hate that we're just conditioned as a culture just to pursue new and, and meaningful things once a year. You know, we're conditioned just to reflect once a year. And I tend to be a pretty self-reflective person. This idea that we focus on this one time a year is, in my mind, problematic. You know, if something is meaningful and purposeful, why not be intentional about pursuing it constantly? I like that a lot. So it's no secret that most resolutions have something to do with money and health. So what better two people to have today than a financial planner and our guest, a fitness trainer, to talk about what it takes to be successful. And I got to be honest, as somebody who's not in the best shape that I've ever been, I'm a little bit intimidated by our guest today. But Jody Jordan is the owner and head coach at CrossFit Algiers in the West Bank of New Orleans. In addition to being an avid CrossFitter and level two CrossFit trainer, Jody was a nationally qualified bodybuilder for more than 10 years, including a top 10 finish in the International Fitness America competition back in 2009. Jody's certifications include Spencer Institute Nutrition Coach, Spencer Institute Wellness Coach, CrossFit Movement and Mobility Course, Crossroads Adaptive Athlete Alliance Coaches Training. That is a lot of credentials. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's going to be a fun one. I remember I met, um, we were just before the show, we were talking about the first time that we met. Uh, and I apparently had it wrong. I think it might have been at a luncheon for the Algiers Economic Development Foundation. Is that right? It sounds right to me, Eric. It's been a minute, though. It's been since, like five years ago. Feels yeah. like it's been longer. That's how long I've been trying to get you to CrossFit. It's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, no, we met, and then I went. Uh, I was on the board at the time, and uh, I was just visiting with new business owners, and I remember walking into the gym. And I got to be honest, Jody, I for a long time, I was against CrossFit. I thought it was just... Uh, terrible, like, you know, there's gonna be all these people walking around with busted shoulders and broken knees. That was kind of my impression of CrossFit. Right. And so what changed your mind? <sighs> you know, I don't know. I think what happened was um, last year I was just feeling out of shape and I knew that I needed to kind of get back in control of my health and get back in control of my fitness. I used to be fairly fit and I just felt like I needed a change. Wait a minute, Eric, last year, and we talked about this in a previous episode, last year you told me your resolution was to quit the gym, and you did it in hilarious fashion. I did. I quit the gym on January 6th of 2019. That was my New Year's resolution. You just, like, by Felicia, walked out of the gym. Just that I walked in. Uh, it was a $10 a month gym membership. I never went. I was wasting $10 a month. It was more of a financial resolution than it was a health resolution. But I was paying money. I wasn't using it. So I, I walked in and quit. The guy was dumbfounded. And um, I have known a lot of people. I know a lot of people who go to your gym, Jody. And I see them on a regular basis. And I knew, again, that my health was something that I needed to take you know, back control over. I was about to turn 40. Oof. So I needed to do something. If it's any consolation, that'll be me in December of 2020. When I turn the calendar to 2020, I was like, oh, 40's coming this year. I got to take better care of myself. So maybe you'll start CrossFit, Jack. Maybe, yeah. 40's easy. I'm 46 now. Never would have guessed that. Yeah, it gets a little harder, but uh, it's better to start at 40 than 50. So do, well done. Do burpees get easier? They do, but you know, we have birthday burpees, so you get more every year on your birthday. 
I'll take the birthday beatings. Thank you. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Are we really supposed to do burpees on our birthday? Uh, yeah, you absolutely are. Uh, we missed I mine. Know what, it's too uh, bad. <laughs> we'll get you. Don't worry. We'll That's get too you bad. Next year. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that CrossFit was like this kind of like brutal, you know, you see the CrossFit games on TV and you see these these guys and these ladies and you're like, oh, my gosh, like they're they're complete animals. And, yeah. and here I am, this almost 40 year old former athlete. That's our Super Bowl. Right. So that's why I tell people when they see what's on ESPN, that's the top zero, zero percent. You know, that's uh, the very best in the world. That's not what's happening in CrossFit gyms across the country. Yeah. And I found that out. I found that out. So I, I uh, on a whim, I knew that I needed to get back in shape. So I, I walked into the gym and I wasn't totally, my mind wasn't totally set when I walked into the gym. But I, as I was about to leave, I'm like, if I don't sign up now, I'll never sign up. So I signed up and gosh, I think in the past five months, I might have missed, uh, based on my membership, I might have missed two classes in five months. And it's, uh, wow. You've done great. Are you getting fitter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Didn't yeah. you just PR a run time or something? I think it was a row time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, running as well. Yeah. We're, right and also got, I don't know, convinced to train for a half marathon. I don't know what's the matter with me. <laughs> um, anyway, but here's what I love about CrossFit, right? We're in New Orleans. And one thing I've heard a lot, especially now uh, being at the gym, Jody, is this idea of, of functional fitness. What is functional fitness? The idea of functional fitness, that's kind of what CrossFit's based on. It's not making you necessarily go to the CrossFit Games, but it's making you a healthier person that can do the things that you need to be able to do in your daily life. We talk about doing squats. What is a squat but getting up and down out of a chair? Things you need to be able to do. You need to be able to run, like just run through the airport carrying your bags. So we're training people to be fitter at their lives, really. Especially with the security issues you guys are having at the new airport terminal down there, right? You might have to run it by the time you get through TSA, right? <laughs> Bring your luggage, check them in. Uh, it, being in New Orleans, we're talking about functional fitness. It's almost Mardi Gras time. And yeah. I'm thinking about this, like the actual movement of throwing my almost teenage daughter up on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Challenge. That's a CrossFit movement, it, right? It can be. You can clean and you know be able to press them up over your head and... Just being able to walk in those parades and stay out all day, that takes a certain level of endurance. And, and carrying two sacks of, uh, you know, 40-pound crawfish, absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's yeah. a, a <laughs> CrossFit, CrossFit move. So it's, it's super functional. In fact, I remember one thing that first kind of came to my mind after starting to work out doing CrossFit in terms of the functional fitness was I came home from work, and I think it was a day after doing deadlifts. Mm-hmm. I come home from work and I walk up the stairs into the living room and my six-year-old just comes sprinting down the hall at me. So I squat to pick her up and I realized, oh my gosh, this is the same movement that we did this morning to lift my kids up. So I love that about of CrossFit, something I've come to love and to uh, enjoy about CrossFit as an exercise. So let's jump into New Year's resolutions, how to hit your money and health goals and not fail. Jag, you mentioned earlier that it's no secret most resolutions have something to do with money and health. In fact, here's the latest responses for 2020. Here's the percentage in terms of order that people prioritize resolutions. So number one, 51% of the people said that they wanted to manage finances better. Okay. 51% said they wanted to eat healthier. And I'm going to let Jody take the next three because this is her world. Okay, right on. 50% said they want to be more active. 42% said they want to lose weight. And 38% said they want to improve mental well-being. 
Now, mental, I throw mental well-being into your... I'll take it. I yeah. think it's true, man. Because I think that when we're healthier, our mind tends to follow often... Yeah, you can't separate it. You can't separate the two. Here's what's sad. So all these are super purposeful and meaningful things that people want to accomplish. But sadly, 80% of people are going to fail to hit their goal. Wow. That's crazy. It is. Four out of five. Yeah. It's pretty good math. I, I couldn't do that that fast. <laughs> so people are setting out to do meaningful things and failing. So Jody and I got to talking recently, and we wanted to throw out there six tips to uh, help people hit their money and health goals and not fail. So you ready, Jag? Ready for this? This is great, Eric and Jody, because you know my wife and I have both talked about, as we turn the calendar to 2020, we've been talking about it for a while of wanting to get healthier, wanting to get healthier. And now that we're here, we're actually recording on January 3rd, we're really going to put a lot more effort into it to be healthier people because we had a tough time over the holidays and a lot of stuff going on in our personal lives. And now we're we're kind of ready to hit the ground running. So I'm excited for these uh, tips. You're talking about a tough time. Then we go straight from Christmas into Mardi Gras into festival season. So it's even more of a challenge for us down in New Orleans. By the time we publish this, uh, King Cakes will be everywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. I think you could probably get one now if you if you tried. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you do not buy king cakes before January 6th. It should be illegal. That's like a gree thing, isn't it? I think. Okay, good to know. Christmas doesn't end until January 6th. Six tips to hit your money and health goals and not fail. Where do we start? So number one, Jody, lead us off. Be intentional. Yeah. So I know what I mean by setting an intention. What do you mean when you're talking about setting an intention with your money? I think being intentional is this idea, it's active. It implies action. Okay. Right. If I'm intentional about something, I have to be action-oriented, and it implies that I can change something. And that's what I like about this idea of being intentional, is that I can change something about my situation. Okay. I'm not born as someone who is going to be fit or born as someone who's going to be wealthy. There's actual habits and behaviors that I can change mm-hmm. if I'm intentional about mm-hmm. it. I like that. I agree with you. I think it's important when you're setting intention too to have a vision of what the end state's going to be. So whether that's with your finances or what your fitness is going to look like. Yeah, Jag, as you, you and your wife pursue your goals, know what, what you want it to look like when you get there, right? I think that's so important because in previous years, I've set a resolution that I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to go to the gym more. I'm going to eat better, but I haven't quantified it. And every single time I failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like eat better. I'm going to eat better. For me, that's... What, like one less meal of fried chicken? Yeah. Mm, right. like, it's well. so vague. What does it mean to eat better, right? Instead of a 16-ounce steak, I'm going to eat a 14-ounce steak. Right? It's very, very personal, right? You get the small Pepsi instead of the medium, yeah. I think vision is something really important, and that's another part of intention for me when we look at money is I'm going to manage my money better. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, are you trying to pay a specific debt off? Are you trying to save a specific amount for sure retirement. So I think you nailed it when you said you have to have that picture of where you're going because what will happen is you'll wake up at some point, three months, six months, 10 years from now and be like, wait a minute, that's not where I wanted to end up. Sure. Sure. And it can change, but I have an idea when you start. Yeah. So that kind of leads us to the second one. Um, This idea of having a picture uh, or a vision or a goal, you got to be able to measure your progress. Right. It's huge. If I had a dime for every time someone came in and told me their goal is to get more toned, I wouldn't need any more financial planning help. (laughs) (laughs) That's what everyone says. But what does that mean even? I'm going to need metrics to um, set for you and little milestone goals along the way. 
so we can get there. So what are you really saying? Are you saying you want to lose 10% of your body fat? Is it a number on the scale? Is it being able to run a half marathon? I don't know. What, what is it exactly? And how can we track that and see, are you getting closer to it? So what are some of the, I'm curious, what are some of the craziest goals or, or, or things that people have come in? Like oh, I man. want to, like, what are the, we don't judge goals. If your goal is to, you know, get in shape because you're going to your high school reunion and you want to, you know, wear that suit or that dress, or if it's to get on the stage in a bodybuilding competition, right on that. That's awesome. If it's to go to the CrossFit games, Hey, we'll, we'll do what we can to try to get you there. I don't know that anyone's had any crazier goals than I have personally. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on them for theirs, right? One thing that I'm hearing in kind of all the different goals that you just shared that you've heard from some people, and this this is true in the financial world, is that every single one of them is able to be measured in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I haven't so, found one that, that isn't. So how important is it to have an actual way to measure that goal? I think it's critical. So like, I want to get more... do it. They yeah, so I want to say, I want to get more toned. Yeah. How do I take that into a measurable goal? Well... Personally, like if I'm getting ready for a competition, I use a lot of different measures. I'll use photographs. I use tape measurements. I use calipers uh, to see am I making the progress to where I want to be. Sometimes I use the scale as well. It's not that important in what I do with bodybuilding, but sometimes I do. Um, so I haven't come across a goal that you can't measure yet. Even if it's I just want to be able to play with my kids because I've got young children and I want to go out to the playground, I can still ask you how you felt last mm-hmm. Saturday when you were at the ballpark. And you can tell me, is it getting better or is it getting worse? Yeah, like I want to sit on the ground and play with my six-year-old for longer than 10 minutes without sure. my back hurting. Sure. I want to stand in line for longer than 20 minutes without my back hurting. I've got a long way to go. Standing in line's kind of a drag, right? Yeah. 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 You know, I think what's important, too, as we measure progress is to recognize that progress often takes a long time. It can. That oftentimes things don't happen overnight. In the financial world, like you think of financial success, so someone maybe comes into money and they pay off a debt or something uh-huh. along those lines, that kind of change rarely sticks. Uh-huh. It's the change. And I think you said this before, something about motivation versus habits, or did you say something about good yeah. habits? Are- good habits trump motivation any day of the week because motivation comes and goes. You know, I look at motivation as being sort of like this um, tide that you can ride on, and sometimes it's mm. going to be high and sometimes it's going to be low. But if I have a habit, I don't have to be motivated. Your habit now is to get up in the morning and come to the gym. That's just kind of what you do during mm-hmm. the week. Um, so you don't have to rely on, do I feel like it? This is just what I do every oh, day. because I never feel like it. Yeah. You I'll might- be honest. <laughs> I never feel like it. How yeah. motivated can you be at 5 a.m., right? Have, you know, how motivated can you be to go do seven minutes of burpees? But here's the thing. We talked about this with vision and being intentional, is that oftentimes it's those small habits, those small measurements. So I want to be able to do something big. So I'm going to break it down into smaller measurable things like i want to be able to do 10 chin-ups sure well before i could do 10 chin-ups there's probably some foundational things that i need to do first absolutely and i find that it's the same thing with money these smaller steps often lead to something bigger sure and we try to set those goals that are achievable for people i like for them to have a big stupid crazy goal at the end something that is very meaningful because if things aren't challenging you know how worthwhile is anything that's not challenging to you you know you got to have some sort of dream but then we can break that down and bring it to something that what are we looking at being able to do a month from now, you know, mm-hmm. two weeks from now even. Sometimes the goal is just show up. That's my goal for this next month is yeah. new client, just be here mm-hmm. three times a week. And that's huge. It's measurable, that's enough. right? Yeah. Three times a week. There's totally a number measure. to it. I'm measuring it. Yeah. So be intentional. Measure your progress. What's next on our list? Well, Jody actually just led us into that one is challenge yourself. 
mm-hmm. right? I think it's having a big audacious goal that maybe is not too unrealistic. It's realistic, but it's going to take work to get there, right? Because if it's not challenging, yeah. That's why people love CrossFit because it never stops being challenging. It's something different every day. You can attest to this, Eric. You had a gym membership. And was it particularly challenging what you were doing oh at that gosh. gym? So here's what I would do. I would, when I would <laughs> go, okay? I'd wake up at 5. I would walk into the gym. As I walked in, I would start thinking about what I wanted to do. So I was like, I got to do cardio and then some weights. And I'd walk and do like five minutes of cardio. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> and then like I changed cardio machines. I'm like, this sucks Still even sucks. more. And then like, I'm going to go do some some bench press. I'm like, oh, it's 530. I'm going back to bed. And then I leave. That, that was my workout. And what I've noticed about CrossFit, and really this, I think this is, applies to a lot of different workout regimens if you sure. kind of stick with them, is how scalable it is. And you talk about this idea of challenging yourself is me as a new person, I'm working out side by side with people who've been at the gym three and five years who are doing things mm-hmm. and I look at them like there's no way possible that I could even think about doing what they do. But that's where they started. It is so true. Everyone starts from a different place. And in our classes, or you're right, you can find it at a lot of different protocols of fitness. But having people who are a little bit better than you around, it's just going to make you better. And they're your challenge. It's not necessarily that person that has been there five years and is now you know, one of our head coaches or something. But having someone there that's a rabbit to chase is yeah. going to make you go faster. It's going to make you go a little harder. With all the online fitness nowadays, you can find people in an online community, the same thing. Just having people there that will challenge you and make you better is huge. There was a couple of years ago, there was that national gym uh, with the purple stuff in the gym. I won't mention them by name, but they had the lunk alarm where like they had the big like Arnold Schwarzenegger looking type guy that was, I pick things up and put them down. And it was like the kind of gym you don't want to be at where it's everybody is just this massive, massive person that's years ahead of you. So I like your point, Jody, where it's like, okay, Maybe some people who have been doing it a really long time, but there are people who are going to be just ahead of you and motivate you to get to the next step and the next step after that and the next step after that. Yeah, and that's one thing I love about your gym, Jody, is that it's not a gym of just a bunch of like super incredibly top-level athletes. The demographic, fitness demographic is so diverse that, you know, anywhere from we were talking about earlier about some of the, the morning crew that we work out with are in their 60s. Wow. And we're doing the same workout. It's scaled. It's it's a different reps or different uh, intensity, but it's fun to be able to to work out in that environment. So challenge yourself. Make sure that the goal is big enough. Yeah, I think it's huge to have a challenge ahead of you because I really don't think you're going to value things unless you have uh, have skin in the game in some way. Whether it's the sweat and the tears that you're leaving on the floor there some days, or mm, you have yeah. to have something that makes it worthwhile, right? Or it's yeah. not going to change you. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Yep. And we want to change it. It doesn't challenge you. It won't change you. I like that. It's hard. right? It's supposed to be hard. <laughs> all this is hard. So our so next tip, cool. our next, yeah, like, that's what makes it, it makes it fun when you accomplish something. You look back and say, hey, I accomplished something that's hard. So our next tip is to reward yourself. How important in the exercise world and what does it look like to reward yourself in your industry, the fitness world? It depends on the person. What's meaningful to me may not be meaningful to you. I myself will use cheat meals if I am training up for a show or something where I'm eating fish six times a day and broccoli. Maybe after three weeks, I get to have 
you know, a pizza or whatever. I don't usually prescribe meals to people as a reward because I don't want them to look at food as a punishment. So why would I ask them to look at it as a reward? What I tell people, I think it's really effective to use things like massage or, you know, maybe new workout gear or experiences that don't revolve around food, which is it's hard here in New Orleans because everything Gosh, revolves around food or drink. <laughs> uh, but finding whatever is going to be meaningful to you that is uh, in some way a reward. It's a good thing. Food's a terrible reward for me because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna eat it anyway. Yeah. Like okay. so that might not be like willpower when it comes to food is not okay. is not my thing. Um, you know, it's funny. I was um, thinking about this in personal finance, and there's a lot of the mainstream personal finance people out there who teach really good things. But some of them, I've, as I read them, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, there's debt and debt's bad and you got to get out of debt, but you can't like stop life until you get out of debt. So you got to break down some of these financial goals into smaller pieces and, and reward yourself when you accomplish something. You know, if you pay off a small credit card, maybe you splurge on something that's a little bit Makes more sense. expensive. Maybe you go buy a steak yeah. dinner. I have a term that I coined, I think I coined it, maybe I stole it, I don't remember, but I call it sanity money which is if you're being responsible with your money and you say, okay, I've hit this savings goal. I did this. I've got a few bucks left over. You know what? I'm going to go out to eat tonight or I'm going to go to the movies or I'm going to go buy, for me, I bought a new microphone, you know, something like that. Whatever, well, it's your boat in terms of a reward. So that's so true in both fitness and finance is find something and it's going to be different for everybody, but find what that reward is for you to sort of help keep you motivated and keep you going. You know, an element of all this, and Jay, we talked about this, earlier in the week, an element through all of this is the emotional and psychological aspect of all this. That's where it's at. And if you rob yourself of all joy and all rewards to accomplish a goal, you're going to burn out fast. I agree. And it could be a worthy goal. I agree. But if you stop and reward yourself and kind of experience, reap some of the benefit of your hard work and kind of relax a little bit, you'll have more success in the end. Yeah. The main problem I see with it from the fitness realm is it's not sustainable you can do it for a while you can stick to a very strict diet for some amount of time i mean depending on your particular um, level of uh, desire you can stick to it for a while but you're not going to stay on a super strict diet forever you can train every day and you can train 110 percent, but eventually you're going to get injured if that's what you do so it's not a way to keep healthy throughout your lifetime and I can imagine with finance that for me, if I was on a very strict budget for a very long time, I wouldn't be a really happy person. I'd be pretty, pretty hmm. sad because I like to do things, you know, and experience things, go out to dinner and travel mm-hmm. and things like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So the next tip, and this kind of ties into kind of my opening comments on resolutions is the tip is to start now. We often yeah. kind of pick a time in the future. I'm going to start after this, or I'm going to start on New Year's Day, or I'm going to start on my birthday, or we, we pick some future time. And sometimes, not sometimes, sometimes the best time to start is like right now. It's the best time to start for anything, because that's the only time you have, really. You don't have tomorrow, but you know, you can say for sure, you got today. Yeah, it's like when I joined the gym, it's like, you know, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. Because if I wait, I'm going to overthink it. Oh, do it I want to pay? It might be another five years. It might I'll be another five years, right? <laughs> I'm going to overthink it. I'm going to talk myself out of it. I'm going to have self-doubt like, I can't do those things that I see those people do on TV. Why would I even think about it? I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to be indecisive about it. So the best time is to start now. I often get people come to me, especially right now, stock market's doing well. 
I hear this question a lot. So like, should I wait for the stock market to drop before I invest? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. When's the stock market going to drop? Right? Okay. Mm. Like, when's the best time? I, I don't know. I'm not that smart. I can't read tea leaves. Got it. Yeah. Right? So the best time to start we is- We usually hear, I'm not fit enough. I'll come to the gym when I get a little bit. When I lose a little weight, I get a little more fit because it's going to be too hard right now. And it doesn't make any sense, but I've heard it enough to know that it's a super common reality for people that they don't want to go into a gym because they'll feel intimidated because they're not as fit as they should be to be at the gym. It's just... um boggles the mind. I understand that self-conscious piece of it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, how are you going to lose the weight? So that goes right back to the idea of, like you said, Eric, start now. Yeah. And kind of this idea of what you just said about people come to you and say, I want to get fit first. Like, well, you're, you haven't gotten fit yet. Yeah. How are you going to do it on your own? Which leads us to the, I think the last and, and one of the most important, and it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse here. Cause I talk about this all the time is find accountability. Accountability is huge in what we do. And and can you get a lot of fitness information and health information online? Sure. Yeah, it, it's out there. Could you do it on your own? Probably. But have you done it on your own? Most people don't. Dr. Google is not going to hold you accountable either. Yeah, they're, they're really not. They're really not. And it doesn't have to be a gym, but I think that's a great way to do it if you can find a supportive community of people that are looking for you every morning or every night. I assume it would be the same in finance too. How do you get accountability in your finances? I mean, there's a couple different ways. If you're married, you can have accountability in a relationship. Okay. Hire a financial planner, someone who's going to sit with you and help you set these goals and help you meet certain milestones that you deem important, whether it's debt or increase your savings, or it could be as simple as reviewing your benefits at work because you, I mean, you pick things and you don't even know what you're looking at. That's so right. there's some accountability and having a professional look at it and help you make decisions that align with your values. I couldn't agree with you more. I might be a little prejudiced being a fitness coach, but I have a coach too. I couldn't do it without having someone else that I was held accountable to. So let me ask, you have a coach. So Mm -hmm. question, did your coach come to you and say, hey, Jody, I want to coach you, or did you go seek him out? It was kind of odd. I was getting ready for a bodybuilding show, and I'd been doing this kind of on my own, like, Mm -hmm. you know, free range training myself, and I was buying a sparkly bikini because that's what you wear when you're a female on the stage. (laughs) <laughs> you wear these sparkly bikinis. I was buying one off of a Craigslist or eBay or something. This young lady said, meet me at my gym. And I went to her gym and I met her coach. And I just said, you know, this is where I want to be. I want to train like she's training. I like the vibe of this place. And he took me in and um, believed that I could do things that I never thought I could and held me accountable in uh, a much harsher way than I tend to coach. Um, but also still, you know, I, I know he's got my back. And I trust him completely with, with every bit of my training. And I hope you get to meet him. I bring him here occasionally. Something important about that is that, number one, it's very difficult to pursue growth on our own. And another part of this is just like you found something that you wanted and you pursued it, typically no one's going to come up to you and say, hey, you know what? You're really, really unfit. Um, so you <laughs> need to come to my gym, to right? <laughs> you know, if I go to someone and say, gosh, your finances are an absolute mess. You need to come talk to me. Typically, it doesn't work that way. That if you deem something important and meaningful to you, be intentional, right? Number one, go find somebody who's doing what you want to do and they're doing it successfully and seek out mentorship. I've got a business coach as well. I've worked with multiple business coaches and I have different uh, mentors that I go to for different yeah. aspects of business. Me too. Is that we need to be coached. Here's the thing. 
Very few of us have the self-discipline to do anything worth doing on our own for a long period of time. Yeah, we're social creatures. The human connection, that whole behavior piece and relationships, that's where it's at. I'd go to the gym, I'd walk around for 15 minutes and go home. Now I go to the gym, I get 15 minutes into the workout, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted, but I can't leave. Nope, because you're stuck now. I'm too stuck. Late, too late. Right, I'm stuck. I can't leave. I, I got to finish this because there's sure. people watching me. We need that accountability. We absolutely need. And we, you know, we were talking about this the other day over coffee. Uh, there's that proverb that says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." I love that. It's so true. When I look around at the people that we train now, Eric, in our place, and I see how far they've come, they are what gets me there every morning and makes my day go better. They make me want to train harder because they never give up. So why would I? Yeah, that's kind of how I feel with this half marathon training. I, I kind of see what people are posting about. Hey, I got to go do 10 miles. Today. I'm like, 10 miles? Oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. that's insane. I'm like, if they can do it, I know I can do it. Um, and I'm not saying that, like, how can they do it, like, from a negative standpoint, no, but like, no. if they're able to do that, like, why can't it's I? It's inspiring. It's the good side of peer pressure. It is. It's a healthy competition. You consider running 10 miles healthy peer pressure, Jag? If it's going to get you to run 10 miles, yeah. How many, how many miles are you going to run this weekend, man? I have a lot of football to watch this weekend. <laughs> so, I... Jody, it's been a blast. Thank you for kind having me. Chatting with you. And, yeah. and these are, uh, there's so many parallels between health and uh, finances and having success in both of them. So, find someone who wants to see you succeed and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to pay money to someone who's going to help you reach your goal. And that comes from a financial person. He's telling you it's okay to spend your money there. So before we let you go, and I, and I do enjoy, love that we've seen so many parallels between your financial fitness and your physical fitness. Jody, if somebody wants to come to your gym, find out more about it, what are the best ways to reach you? CrossFitAlgiers.com. Simple enough. And Eric, if somebody wants to get their finances in order, another big resolution for 2020, best way to reach you? www.plan-wisely.com. And in the show notes... Be sure to download my ebook, Five Pillars of Financial Security, A Guide to Managing Your Money Wisely, which will lay a good foundation for those of you who want to succeed with your finances. Thank you both for the time today. A lot of great information as we begin a new year and people start resolutions at this time. I'll start it right now. That is the best time to do it, whether it's physical fitness, financial fitness, or both. Happy New Year to you both, and we'll talk soon. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. New Century Financial Group, LLC, Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., and Garcia Financial Group, LLC do not offer tax advice or tax services. Please consult your tax specialist for individual advice. We make no specific comments or recommendations on any tax-related details. Entities listed are not affiliated. 